Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Five things that are more important than money. I want to take you through all of them. Five things that are more important than money. The first one is blessing. Blessing. Everybody say blessing is more than money. Thank you never telling blessing is more than money. What is the meaning of blessing? Blessing means an empowerment on the life of a child of God that enables him to succeed and become prosperous. An empowerment is a spiritual endowment on a life of anyone that makes that person predisposed to becoming greatly successful and greatly prosperous. In the book of Psalm 1, from verse 1 to 3, we see a, a very important ex, um, um, description of blessing. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. That person is blessed by God. Put your right hand over your chest and say, I'm blessed. Verse 3 says that that blessed person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He will bring forth fruit in this season, and its leaves will never dry. The more important, he said, whatever that person is doing, it will prosper. That is what blessing does. Blessing is something, that spiritual endowment, that spiritual activity in the life of anyone, that whatever you turn him to, he will prosper. Whatever you put him, he will prosper. Whatever is happening to him, he will prosper. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Now, the book of Proverbs 10, 22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes people rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, the reason why blessing is more than money is that you can be rich without blessing. You can become very rich without the blessing. That's why we have many unbelievers that are rich, but you can never escape sorrow without the blessing of God. The only way to live a life that is free of the sorrow of life is when the blessing of God is at work in your life. When you meet a man who is blessed, that man may be poor today, but his poverty is temporary. Because one thing that you can predict about a blessed man is that his end is prosperity. His end is abundance. No matter how his life is right now, he will become rich. That's what the Bible said. How many of you believe in the Bible? It said the blessing of the Lord, it will make people, whether they want it, whether they pray for it, whether they desire it, they will end up one day, wake up one day, and find out they are rich. And yet, blessing brings riches that is free of sorrow. That means that the blessing of God will make you rich, and then it will make you have peace of mind. There's something that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy peace. And there are many, many rich people that don't have peace. They are troubled. They can't sleep in the night. They can live well in the day, but they have money. Money cannot give you peace. Only the blessing of the Lord. You know, one day Jesus spoke statement over his disciples. He said, my peace I give to you. And that word peace in the Hebrew is very powerful. It means shalom. And the word shalom means blessing. And that word shalom, which means blessing, it means peace. 
Actually, it means nothing broken, nothing missing. All together, working in your favor. So the Israelites, they greet each other with the word shalom. In other words, the blessing of God be upon you. That is how they greet. And Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. The world can never have peace. They look for it every day. They run for it. They fight for it. They chase for it, but they cannot get it. Why? Because the peace of God is only attainable through the blessing of God. The blessing of God gives you peace. It gives you good health. The blessing of God gives you long life. So the Bible says that the, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. And beyond the riches, it gives you the ability to enjoy your riches. That is why blessing is more powerful than money. So the Bible said in the book of Genesis 14, from verse 18 to 23, that Abraham went to fight to deliver his nephew, Lot. His nephew had been captured by certain kings, and Abraham went with his servants to fight and deliver his nephew, Lot. Verse 18 of Genesis 14, the Bible said that when he was returning from the battle, after being victorious in the battle, and he met a priest. This priest was somebody that the Bible does not say anything about where he's coming from, and the Bible did not say anything about him again after he appeared to Abraham. He just appeared and disappeared. And the next time that we heard about him was in Hebrews chapter 7. But the Bible said, this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread. The word Salem, it means peace. So this man showed up, and he was a king. And he was a king from a place called Peace. And he brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So this guy has certain characteristics. Number one, he was a king. Number two, he was a priest. And he was a king coming from a place called Peace. And he met Abraham, and he was carrying two things, bread and wine. Greek Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says that he described as someone who was like the Son of God. Actually, I believe that. I believe that it was Christ that appeared to Abraham. I said, I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe so. And the Bible said, when this man appeared to Abraham, because Jesus told the Jews in the book of John chapter, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, I existed before Abraham. Then another place said, your, your father saw me and he was glad. He said, your father Abraham, he, the day he saw me, he was very glad. And when Jesus met this man, look at what he did, verse 19. And he blessed him. He blessed Abraham. He blessed Abraham and said what? Blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. So when this king met Abraham, the king of Salem, the priest of God, he blessed Abraham. There is no mention of what he did with the bread and wine. I guess he didn't carry it for fun. I believe he carried it for a purpose. There might have been something. But the Bible did not say anything about what he did with the bread and wine until Jesus came and took the bread and wine and gave it to his disciple and said, this is my body and this is my blood. Hallelujah. But the Bible said he blessed Abraham. And when he blessed him, he said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed is be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So he blessed Abraham. 
he pronounced blessing on Abraham. And look at verse 21. And the Bible said, now the king of Sodom came, said to Abraham. So Abraham was living in a place. And the king of that area, when he heard that Abraham had gone to conquer the enemies and retrieved the captives, he came to meet Abraham. But before he came to meet Abraham, Abraham had met Melchizedek. Abraham had met Melchizedek. And when he came, look at what he said. He said, give me the captives and take all the goods for yourself. After all, Abraham, you went to fight for it. So take all the goods. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of riches. That's a lot. Then Abraham responded. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord. God most high, the possessor of heaven. And in other words, the one who possesses heaven and earth has blessed me. And I've, I've brought myself directly under the blessing of somebody up there. He possesses heaven and earth. Verse 23. That I will not take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. And that I will not take anything that is yours. Lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Abraham was saying, something happened to me before you came. I've been blessed by God. And I know because I'm blessed by God, I'm going to be very rich. So I don't want to take what is yours so that when I become rich, you take the credit for it. Abraham said, I've lifted my hands to the most high. I've received blessings. When you lift up your hands, what do you do? You receive. So Abraham was saying, I have received from the Lord. Something spiritual, something intangible, something that cannot be seen with the eyes. But I know it's real. And I know that because I've received blessing from the Lord, I'm going to be rich, but I don't want you. Because that man was the king of Sodom. And you know Sodom is a place of serious ungodliness. And Abraham said, I don't want you to take the credit for what I know, I know that I know that I know I'm going to become. Abraham rejected the material provision from a carnal person because he knew he had received a blessing, something that is higher than money, something that is better than money. Something that is greater than money. Most of the times, the reason why we always stretch our hands to people is because we are Christians who are not aware there is a blessing up there that can make you more prosperous than the hand you are reaching out for help from. And in your lifetime, I'm praying for you that God will bless and prosper you in the name of Jesus. But it begins with understanding the power of blessing. In your lifetime, you will come across people that the Bible describes as custodians of blessing. Everybody say custodians of blessing. There are people that God, by his principle, uses as channels of blessing to us. That is why when God said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, leave your father's house, go to the land I will show you, and when you get there, I will bless you. But to fulfill that promise, when Abraham moved from his father's house and came to the land of Canaan, God had to fulfill that promise by causing a man called Melchizedek to appear, to speak a blessing over his life. And there are people who are custodians of blessing. Number one, your parents. Your parents. Your parents are custodians of blessing. When you grow up and become an adult, never take money from your parents again. The children are exempted. Is the duty of parents to take care of their children. But when you grow up and become an adult, there is something your parents have that is more than money. Can I say that again? So all the complaint, my parents didn't look after me. In fact, it's ignorance. Your parents did.
didn't look after you, and yet there is something they can do for you that will make you go further than those whose parents looked after them. In fact, in my lifetime, I've seen people who were well taken care of by their parents, but they are complete failures. In fact, looking after has become the cause of failure. The reason why you honor your parents is because they carry power to bless you. I'm not saying parents should not be responsible, but if you are unfortunate to have parents that didn't take care of you, you still stand a chance of compensating for that by provoking at least one blessing from your father and your mother before they die. And one way you do that is that despite the fact that he didn't take care of you, you still need to honor them. Because blessings don't flow until there is first honor. Your parents are custodians of blessing. Number two, your pastor is a custodian of blessing. Number three, the aged. Aged. When you meet people, 85, 90, 100, they carry a blessing because it is not easy to live up to 100. <laughs> For somebody to survive life and be living at 95, it means that there is a something unusual to that person's life. And I don't care where you meet them. Never meet somebody 90 years plus and misbehave towards the person. Please don't do it. Never. Never made an elderly person annoyed. 98 years, all his teeth are not there, but don't laugh at him. Maybe his waist is bent like this, he can't walk straight. Don't laugh. If you meet an aged person, I wish you can do something for him that will make him look at you and say, God bless you. If you meet an aged person, it may not be your relative, it may be your family, do something for the person. Maybe give him money. I've never met any elderly person above 90 and I did not give him money. Not when I became a smart guy. You give them money and you ask them to bless you. In fact, most of the time, you don't even need to ask them because honor provokes blessing. It is a spontaneous reaction. The aged, number four, I'm talking about custodians of blessing. Number one is what? Number two, your pastor. Number three, the aged. Number four, extraordinary achievers. There are things that people do that is not possible without some unusual grace from God. Even if the person is an unbeliever, <laughs> extraordinary achievement is an expression of a special grace upon a certain person's life. So whatever you want to achieve in life, there is somebody who has done it in an extraordinary way. If you can find such people and honor them, you provoke blessing on your life. Every field of life's discipline, there are people that God has given grace. Are you hearing me? Yes. To achieve some extraordinary results, whether it's politics, business, whether it's sports, whether it is uh, the entertainment industry, whatever place, music, there are people that by virtue of the result they have achieved and what they have survived, you need to know it's not ordinary. And don't say, oh, me, I'll do better than him. You know, I will make him small. No, you are joking. When the ground becomes hot, you realize it's not as easy as you say. Do you realize that that is why many people condemn a ruling government and then they assume power and they do worse in most countries? I'm not sure about Ghana. Yes, that's it. That's it. No. When people achieve some extraordinary result, honor the result. You may not like the person. There are people I disagree with, but I learn from their results. 
I learn from their experience. That's why if you come to my library, I have books written by Muslims. I don't care your religion. Your results provide an experience that I can bring into my Christian context. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to follow any, I mean, religious practice. But custodians of blessings are people who have achieved extraordinary results. Let's talk about marriage, for example. If somebody has been married for 50 years and you just got married, you shouldn't criticize such a person. In fact, you should be asking for blessing from such people. But there are some very silly people who say, oh, oh that marriage is not even good. My own will be 10 times better. That is an, a sign of foolishness. 50 years of marriage? You think it's a joke? You think it's a joke? 50 years of marriage? That person deserves your honor. You should go to that person and say, I admire your results. I want to be 50 years plus in marriage. Yeah. And if you have something, give to such people. Give to such people. That is why when Abraham met Melchizedek, Abraham knew that I have met a custodian of blessing. He gave Melchizedek the tithe of what he took. And after he finished, he went and told the king, Abimelech, he said, I don't need anything from you. And this morning I came to tell you, you may, you may not like why I say this all the time, but it's the truth that when the blessing of God is at work in your life, you are more than enough. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. We will we'll read Genesis 28. Genesis 28 from verse 1. I want to show you a case study of a man who was blessed by God. There is a move of the Spirit that is imparting wisdom to somebody. Listen, there is an incredible grace coming on people for extraordinary achievements. <laughs> In your lifetime, you will become a reference for extraordinary achievements. I just felt it in my spirit. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. You can't bless people until you are empowered by God to do so. You know, there are people who may meet you and tell you you won't do well. You can ignore them because they are not empowered by God to make such utterance. Yeah, there are people who can see you and say you'll be a failure. You, you will never marry. You can ignore such people if you know the Bible. That me, I won't live long. You are just, you, I'll attend your funeral. Because you don't have the right to say that to me. You understand? But there are some people, when they say you will not live long, there's trouble. You have to be humble and be sober and be smart. And say, don't mind that man. He's joking. No. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there, of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So the reason why Jacob told Laban, I want to serve you for one of your daughters for marriage, is because that is the instruction the father gave him. Yeah, he said, I'll serve you seven years for Rachel. Because the father told him, go and marry from the house of Laban. He just did that. And if you study Jewish culture today, I've been to Israel, interacted with Jewish rabbis. The Jews, they have a system up to today that people go through mentoring. Now, the mentoring system is such that you work for your master, especially for business. Because the Jewish people are business people, and they are multimillionaires. They are very wealthy people. And this is how they do it. You go in there, and you serve the, your master for seven years without any pay. And in that seven years, the man is supposed to train you. 
and teach you business principles and teach you all the nooks and the pros and cons of business. And at the seventh year, they give you a capital and then you go and start a business. That's how they do it. Yeah, and teach you principles and then they reproduce themselves. Marry in Laban's house. Look at verse 3. You love verse 3. He said, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of people. Verse 4. And give you the blessing of Abraham. That means what Melchizedek spoke over Abraham, Abraham carried it and transferred it to Isaac. Now Isaac is now carrying it. Blessing is tangible. Oh, I'm telling you, if you have it, you know you have it. If you don't have it, it's unfortunate. But when you have blessing in your life, you know it's a tangible thing. You can easily transfer it. And God give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So Isaac called his son Jacob, gave him instructions, and spoke blessings over his life. Why? Because he was his father. He was a custodian of blessing. The destiny of his life was in those words. And Jacob, you all know the story. Jacob went to Laban's house empty-handed. He wasn't having money. He wasn't having anything. But he was carrying blessing over his head. You know, there's something about blessing. Nobody can take it from you. You know why blessing is greater than money? People can steal your money, but they can't steal your blessing. Inflation can affect your money. Inflation can never reduce blessing. can render your money useless. <laughs> like it happened in Genesis um, 45. We read it last two weeks. Inflation can make your money useless. Inflation can never affect blessing because blessing is operating in a different dimension, a different realm. All right. So the Bible said that Jacob went to Laban's house. And you all know the story. He served seven years and then he had to serve another seven years, making 14 years. And after that, he decided to work for his master. So he worked for 14 years without pay. That must be a lot of poverty. 14 years of his life without any pay. But after the 14 years, he decided to work for pay. Genesis 31 from verse 1. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that what our fathers. <laughs> because money will move away from people who are not blessed into the hands of people who are blessed. Let me say that again. Money is always moving. That's why it's called currency, because it flows like a current. If money is always moving, but it moves from people who are not blessed to people who are blessed. That is why I want to suggest to you that instead of chasing money, seek the blessing of God over your life. Because the blessing of the Lord will make you rich and add no sorrow to it. Blessing is more than money. Blessing is more than money. I said blessing is more than money. This guy came to this house. With nothing except blessing on his life. Now look at what is happening. The sons of Laban have started complaining. The employee has become an issue in the company. The employee has become an, a subject of concern. And what is the concern? He's becoming richer than the man who employed him. Jacob has taken away all that was our father. And you know the guy never stole. He never stole. You know what? There's a statement in the Bible, thou shalt not steal. Because blessing brings you too much. You will never have the need to want to steal. Jacob never stole. He said, and from what was our fathers, he has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban. And indeed, it was not favorable towards him as before. When Jacob was poor, 
Laban was very nice to Jacob every day, smile at him, how are you, everything. But when Jacob began to prosper, the Bible said that the facial expression of Laban, even towards Jacob, changed. But you see something about the blessing of God. People may not be happy with your prosperity, but they cannot stop your prosperity. People may not be happy with your prosperity, but they cannot stop your prosperity. Because when the blessing of God is upon your life, not, no human effort can block the blessing. When they close this door, the other door will open. When they close that door, this one will open. If they close this door, this one is opening. I came to announce to somebody here, don't worry about people who try to fight your prosperity. What is yours will come to you. In the name of Jesus. I said what is yours is coming to you. In the name of Jesus. The devil can't stop your blessing. If you are poor, it's not Satan's fault. There is something you don't know. There is something you are not doing right. The devil can never be responsible for your poverty. Is somebody here with me? Yeah. If God bless you, you will prosper despite Satan's presence around you. You will prosper despite the, all the witches that are against you. You will prosper irrespective of which family you came from. The blessing of God overrules every other impediment to prosperity in anybody's life. Verse 3, then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family and I'll be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field to his flock. Look at what Jacob said. And he said to them, I see your father's countenance that it is not favorable towards me as before, but the God of my father has been with me. And you know that with all my might, I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. This man is blessed. And Laban did not know. Laban did not know who he was dealing with. I am sure Laban has treacherously treated many people, defrauded many people, extorted money from many people, but he tried it on the wrong guy. Because this guy looks very ordinary, but he carried something on his head. He carried the blessing of God on his And the more Laban tried to cheat Jacob, the more Jacob prospered. Bible said he changed his wages ten times. That means when Laban said the one-colored animals, Laban takes them and study the trend. He studies the whole said, on these days the animals are giving birth to multicolored. Okay, Jacob, we are changing. The contract. Jacob said, no problem. <laughs> what do you say? He said, all the plain colored animals will be your salary. Jacob said, deal. Next week, all the animals start giving birth to plain colored, plain colored, plain colored, plain colored, plain colored. <laughs> and, and then Laban said, what's going on? After six months, Laban comes and said, Jacob, um, you know, you know I'm, I am your employer and I have a right to decide whatever I want. Jacob said, yes, no problem. What's your decision now? Okay, from now, all the multicolored will be your, your salary. All the multicolored will be your salary. All the plain color will be mine. The following week, all the animals are giving back to multicolored, 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 multicolored. And before long, Jacob, the employee, his animals, his flocks and heads were becoming more than that of labor. Jacob became rich. Because his father put a blessing on his life. He became rich, not because his father gave him any money. Sometimes in your lifetime, you need people to give you something more than money. And if you miss that, you'll keep chasing money all your life. 
You'll never find it till the day you die. You never have enough of it. Chapter 43 of Genesis, from verse 1 to 3. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the grain which they brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, go back, buy us a little food. This is the man we read about. His life started with a pronouncement of blessing. He has become rich. He has sons and daughters. And then there's famine in the land. But this man was rich. He was rich. Because famine can never reduce the power of blessing. He sent his children to Canaan. Go and buy food. They went to buy. They brought it. They ate it the whole year. The following year, Jacob said, go again and buy us food. And it came to pass. When the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, go and buy, I need verse 3. But Judah spoke to him, saying, the man solemnly warned us, saying, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Let's go to verse 11. I like verse 11. And their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man, a little balm, a little honey, spices, and mare, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. That is how rich Jacob had become. May the blessing of God begin to operate in your life. I said, may the blessing of God begin to operate in your life. May the blessing of God begin to operate in your life. In a great, great, great dimension. In the name of Jesus. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible talks about Elijah, in the time of famine, in a time of famine, God told Elijah, go to a widow. He's in a place called Zarephath. The widow will take care of you. I've spoken to the widow to take care of you. I don't know what God told the widow, but the widow had nothing. What, what she had was a last portion of flour that she was gathering firewood to go and cook for her and her son to eat, and they will be done. But Elijah showed up. Elijah showed up. First Kings 17 from verse 10. Elijah said to the woman, don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm here. Sometimes if God wants to change your situation, he will bring into an environment people carrying extraordinary blessing. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. You cannot die of hunger when the blessing of God is flowing in your life. You cannot die of hunger when the blessing of God begins to flow in your life. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The blessing of the Lord, it brings abundance. It destroys shortage. It destroys poverty. It destroys lack. The Bible said in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, Elijah was leaving the earth, and he said to his, his servant, only one servant was able to follow Elijah because it said that his life was uh, one kind. But when, before he died, this is what he said. 
He said, ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha realized this is my moment. This is my opportunity. I've lived all my life looking for this. I believe that every child of God will have this opportunity. It may not be an Elijah coming to you to ask you, but it will be an opportunity to decide your destiny. And when you are ignorant, you will put money over blessing, and that will be your failure. Elisha could have asked for a lot of things, riches. Elisha could have told Elijah, that's your mansion. I want it plus everything in it. But as common sense, there is something on Elijah that brought a mansion. There's something on Elijah that brought the money, that brought the houses. Instead of going for the substance, go for the cause. That the origin of the thing, what produces the blessing, that's what you look for. That's what you look for. That's what you look for. Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. The blessing of God is an anointing because it's spiritual. It's an anointing because it's spiritual. Elisha knew if I can have more of the anointing on Elijah, I wouldn't need everything he has. And that is the truth about life. If you have what Elijah has, you wouldn't need anything he has. Why? Because that which produces what he has, you have some. Before I close, let's go to the book of Matthew 10. Matthew 10. We are reading from verse 7. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want everybody to pay attention to this scripture. Uh-huh. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts. In other words, this mission I'm sending you, don't carry money with you. What kind of mission is that? He said, don't take gold, nor silver, nor copper in your money belts. Oh, some people won't go for this kind of mission today. I'm, talk, I'm talking about people who are called by God. Empty-handed. To go and do what? To go and preach. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. That kind of ministry is not existent now. I love Bible. Because take money in your wallets. You don't need it. Do you know you can still do a lot today with no money in your wallet? That's why I'm teaching this to you. Because as smart as you are, somebody may succeed in stealing your money, God forbid. But that must not be the excuse. One day somebody stole our money, church money. Yes. He sold land to us and sold another place to us, which he has sold to somebody else. And he ran away. And I sent him text. I said, you can run away from me, but you cannot run away from my God. My God will come after you. He paid the money back after two years. But he was very sick. And he paid interest on the money. And even after he finished paying, he died. Don't look at me as if I'm a murderer. I'm not a one who killed him. <laughs> Don't be running away from me after church. I'm not a murderer. Hallelujah. And the day is coming. They, they can't steal your money. Your money will be not be available for that kind of game. Amen? Can you give me this in NLT? Don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, silver, or even copper coins. Wow. Some of the greatest men of God I know today. 
started ministry with nothing. Money doesn't make ministry, Pastor. It is ministry that makes money. This is why Elijah didn't carry money to the widow's house. He went alone. He said, I need water. He said, I need bread too. The woman said, I don't have bread. He said, don't worry. I'm here. There will be no shortage. And then Elijah didn't carry money. He said, I'm come to solve your problems. Five different people are custodians of blessing. Number one is what? Your parents. Number two, your pastor. Number three, the aged. Number four, Extraordinary achievers. Number five, people in authority. That means, for instance, your boss at work. If an apprentice, your master. You know, one day I told a brother, I said, go and make peace with your master. He's the man who taught you the trade you are in. I said, it's ungodly. You know what the man said? He said, your tenure is up. Go. But the man did not do it from his heart. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. Because when you are rebellious, mature people don't talk too much. They just get rid of you. And you are on your own. They won't curse you, but it won't go well with you. So I told him, I said, go and make peace with your master. I said, your master can never apologize to you, but you can apologize to you. It's not, it's not I'm right, I didn't do anything wrong. No, it's your master. He, he taught you the trade you are in. Make peace with him, and you release blessings to flow. God is not unjust, though. He's the judge of all the earth. The person who employed you and is paying you salary, you can't rebel towards him, because he gives you money to feed your yourself, your family. You rebel towards your empl- God can't help you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. The person who employed you is the reason why you are not called a jobless person right now. Now when I say jobless people to come, you won't come because somebody went out of his way to do you a favor and gave you a job. If you are very reasonable and smart, you can't treat such people like nothing. It is a display of unintelligence. And many Christians are like that. So I told our brother, and he did it. And I told him, I said, look, now that way is open for you. Your business, this business you are in, somebody taught you. And the person hasn't blessed you. The person is not happy with you. So I said, now the door is open for you. It, 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 things will go well for you. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here. Some of you are here in the name of, you know how to pray. People have helped you. People have, maybe, I don't know, what, I don't know. I don't know whether I can talk about all this in this message. Are you learning something? Nobody will teach you some of these things anywhere. And that's why Christians are struggling. And others are making it without struggle. Things are just happening for them, even without prayer. And I see, I see you getting there. Okay, verse, verse 10. He said, don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes. That means one cloth. Oh, my God. This one is good for Bible schools. Don't carry a traveler's bag. He said, no, bag for your journey. Nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor stars, for a worker is worthy of his food. So Jesus only didn't say, don't take money. He also said, don't take two of anything. As you walk out like that, that's it. No bag. Where are you going? I'm going to mission field to preach. Where's your money? No money. No extra dress. No bag. Why would Jesus say such a thing to people whom he was sending out? To go and do his work unless he has already provided for it. This is what he said. Look at verse, verse 11. He said, Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. Jesus said, By virtue of the Father, I'm the one sending you. Every city you enter, there will be somebody whose heart 
God will touch to receive you. <laughs> Today I pray for somebody here. For the remaining days of your life, because of the blessing of God at work in your life, everywhere you reach, there will be somebody ready for you. Somebody who is carrying resources. Somebody who will be your destiny helper. Somebody who will open doors for you. Somebody who will lift you up. Somebody who will announce you. Somebody who will advertise you. Somebody who will recommend you. Somebody who will give to you. So Jesus said, you can give the Lord a clap over here. Oh, I love Bible. I love Bible. I love Bible. Jesus said, you don't need to carry money because there's somebody there having all the money that you ever need. You don't need to carry extra clothing because there's somebody there. Every city you will enter, I have somebody there for you. Every town you enter, I have somebody there for you. But I will touch the people and they will give to you. <laughs> yeah. Verse 12. And when you go into a household, greet it. Jesus said, the person who receives you into his house, what do you do? Don't give money. What do you do? Greet it. And I said, that word greet is an important word, isn't it? The Jews, when they greet, they say what? Shalom. So Jesus said, when you enter the house of the man who receives you, open your mouth and speak shalom. <laughs> and the moment you speak that word, a blessing arrives into the house and shortage disappears. Poverty runs away. Luck will run away. That is what happened in the house of the widow when Elijah stepped there. He says, stop talking shortage. When you enter the house, speak. There are people in your life, their words carry more power than their money. Can I say something today? There are many times since I've been a pastoring for 22 years, there are many people God has brought my way. And I know God did not bring that person my way by accident. I just feel it. You know, you can feel certain things. I just feel that like this person is here with me today because God wants my ministry to change his life. But, listen, but I have seen such people struggle forever because instead of looking for a blessing from me, they are looking for my money. They are looking for my money. There are people angry with me today because I didn't give them money. Yeah, I remember I looked after a daughter of mine through university. I paid her fees. And when she was about to marry, she came to me and said, Pastor, I want you to pay for my refreshment. Just like that. I mean, very disrespectful. I said, I said, no, I won't. I said, you are now an adult. I took care of you when you were young. You are now an adult. Your husband is working. Yourself, you are working. Pay for your refreshment. And she got angry with me. And since she married, she's never come close to me again. And I don't care that I don't care. No, because God brought you into my life so I can be a blessing to your life. One day, I told another daughter, I said, I bought a gift for you on your birthday. So come and take it in the office. Do you know what happened? She arrived without any delay and took the gift. Then the following year, I called her on her birthday. I said, come to the office. I want to pray for you and bless you. Do you know what that sister did? She never came. I am telling you truth. She never came. 
Because she thought a gift is better than a blessing. No, I am not saying made up stories. I'm telling you my experience and my frustration. One day I said to another brother, I said, happy birthday. It was his birthday. I said, I need to pray for you. And he frowned. Yes, and the person frowned. So, and he never came for the prayer. After he left, I was asking myself, why did this guy frown when I talk about praying for him? And the Holy Spirit told me he was expecting you to give him a kick. Hey, everybody stop laughing. You are also like that. Most of you are like that. Now, that year, many of you remember there was a particular year I just wanted to give out cakes to a lot of people in the church. I tried. How many people can I buy cake for? I just have to select a few. So I just did for you know, as well as elderly people, people who have served in the church for long, people who have worked with me. I just tried to appreciate them. And, and none of those people asked me for a cake. I don't owe them a cake. I just did it because it's good. And sometimes I couldn't do for everybody. So the following year, I continue. And the following year, I try. And that brother wanted me to give him a cake that year. And I wanted to give him a blessing. He despised the blessing. And I never gave him any cake. And I never take such people seriously. Listen, nothing can compare to a blessing. I haven't even finished my teaching. Verse um, 12, again in NLT, and we'll read verse 13. Please, I want everybody to follow this. It's very important. You may have to teach it to an, a pastor one day, but you need to learn from it also. Yeah, you may have to teach a pastor one day. Some of you need to see some pastors down. Not pastors in this, I mean pastors who come to you talking, you know, about a lot of things. And I came to this church. I did not have a car. I did not have a car. If you see all the cars I use, it's a blessing of God. Are you with me? I've never gone to anybody who is my spiritual father to buy me a car. In fact, that's a sign of failure. I mean, that's the day you should leave this church. No, yes, I'm serious. At my age and level and time in ministry, if my pastor has to give me money to take care of myself, I've failed. Because I cannot give you what I don't have. I cannot pray for you to prosper when I'm still being taken care of by somebody I call spiritual father. Are you hearing me? I've never gone to Pastor Kujo's office to ask for money. There are days I use Chocho to come to church here. Yes, I sit with Chocho and I come. I come very early and I leave very late. After you are all gone, I stand by the roadside and I sit in my Chocho and I go. Money doesn't make ministry. Ministry makes money. I don't apologize for what I have or you don't like what I'm preaching. You should like it because I want to see you blessed. And prosperous. He said, when you enter the home, what do you do? That means the guys were carrying blessing. How can you give something you don't have? I bless your life. May you be fruitful. And may your field be like a watered land. A watered garden. That flourish evermore. In Jesus' name. Now, as I'm teaching you, something is happening to you. Your life is changing. Now, King James said what? When you enter the house, greet the house. But look at NLT. He said, when you enter the home, give it your blessing. Shalom. That's what Pastor Osabo always greets on, on radio. And, uh, shalom. Peace and life to you. That's the meaning of shalom. Peace and life. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Blessing all around blessing. 360 degrees. All, every area of your life. Your marriage, your finances, your career, your health, your spiritual life. Every area of your life is doing well. May that be your Sometimes I meet people and I give them money. Who needs money now? 
<laughs> you people are becoming smart, oh. <laughs> Who needs money? Sometimes I give people money. Let me see if somebody will raise their hand. I'm increasing the amount, oh. Are you coming for the money? No, you are going to sow seed. God bless you. I know you won't come for the money. Now, listen. I've given money to people and they are so excited, so happy. Sometimes they go and talk good about me. Pastor, pastor, he's a good man. Ah, pastor, oh, he's too good. Too good. I've also met people and I said, the Lord bless you. They say, amen. The way they said, the amen, you know that. <laughs> he's saying in his head, wicked man. <laughs> Blessing, <in> Ebedi. <laughs> when I was coming to take over this church, my pastor called me, he said, come. I went, he said, kneel down. I knelt down. He put his hand over my head. Prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues. And he began to speak, and he began to pray, and he began to pray, and he began to pray. Everything happening in my life here, I can trace it to that prayer. I can trace it to that prayer. Many people said a lot of things. Some, one pastor said I won't last for more than six months. I was just laughing because you don't have authority to say that against me. I've gone through battles. I've gone through a lot of attacks. The powers in this community, they came together. They said they're going to break my marriage. I said it will not work because there's a blessing over my life. The more you fight me, the more I go forward. Yes, sometimes I, I get excited about crisis because it just pushed me forward. There are certain people in God will bring you into contact with. You need their blessing. And when you have their blessing, doors will open for you. There are people in my lifetime who has valued money over me, and I'm sad for them. They won't go far, not because I have cursed them, but because they have made the wrong decision. Let's finish up. Give it your blessing. Verse 13. NLT. Everybody look at it. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back. <laughs> How many of you have seen these things in the Bible before? You've been reading it, but you don't understand it the way I'm explaining it, isn't it? Hey, Jesus told his disciples some serious things. So he said, every city you enter, there's somebody there for you. That's my principle in life. Oh, yes, God has people for me. That's what happened to Joseph. Potiphar was his man. They sold him thinking he's going to die. But somebody was there who bought him up. When he went to prison, another person was there for him. Everywhere you find yourself, if there is a blessing over your head, God has somebody there. <laughs> people with resources. People of substance and wealth. But he said, when they receive you into the house, what do you do? Bless the house. If their house turn out to be worthy. That means that you can speak a blessing over a house, and the way they treat you is very dis... How will I say it? It's full of dishonor. Because, like I said, I can speak a blessing over you, it won't work, because your heart is looking for something else. So, Jesus said, there are certain houses you will speak your blessing, but it will turn out not to be a worthy house. In that case, take back your blessing. I was shocked when I saw this the first time. Take back your blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, or oh, this one is not for you, this one is for men of God. But my, the important thing I want to say is that as we close, Jesus said they should not take money, and yet they never lack. I'll show you that and pray for you. I feel God me to pray for somebody because a breakthrough is about to happen in your life. You will end this year better than you started. Amen. I said you will end this year better than you started. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 35. 
I see a promotion coming for somebody by the name Joshua. Joshua. The Lord is telling me that I should speak. Is there anybody around here called Joshua? Do you have eye problem? You, you have eye problem because I see that in the future you're going to have some severe eye problem that will lead to blindness. But the Lord said I should pray for you that your eyes will be healed. In Jesus' name. You will spend your old age seeing clearly. Last scripture. I promise this is last. What did he say? And he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandal, did you lack anything? And they said what? That will be your portion. <laughs> that will be your portion. That will be your portion. In the name of Jesus. This morning I declare that you may have no money in your pocket, but you won't lack. Because the blessing of God is going to be working in your life. Your life will see fruitfulness. Your life will see prosperity. Your business will expand. Your children will be great. Doors will open for you. Everywhere you turn, you will see favor. You will see increase in every area of your life. Everywhere you go, go are people of substance, people of wealth and blessing for you. Everywhere, everything you do, God will raise people. Destiny happens for you. Receive the blessing of God. I bless your home. I bless your life. I bless your health. I bless your children. I bless your going out. I bless your coming in. I bless your business. I bless your career. I bless your life. I bless your dreams. I bless your desires. In the name of Jesus, I bless the work of your hands. May the work of your hands prosper. May the work of your hands prosper. In the name of Jesus, I bless every day of your life. I bless your morning. I bless your afternoon. I bless your evening. I bless your night. I bless your sleep. I bless your waking up. In the name of Jesus. I declare over your life. May those who rise against you fall. May those who rise against you, may they fall. May those who gather against you, may they scatter. The Lord bless you. With the blessings of heaven above, with the blessings of the earth, may the land of Ghana favor you. May the land of Ghana favor you. May the riches of the earth be your portion. May the riches of the earth be your portion. May the riches of the earth be your portion. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your children will not be wayward. Your children will not be a disappointment. Your children will not be a, 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 a negative reference. Your children will be great. Your children will be prosperous. Your children will be favored. Your, your children will be world changers. In the name of Jesus. Put your two fingers over your two eyes and close them. Father, I rebuke every attack against his eyes. I declare healing. I destroy the attack of blindness. I destroy every attack. I declare him healed. If you are sick here, I rebuke sickness in your life. I declare you are healed. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord.
hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.